0: You are listening to the Atlanta Real Estate Forum radio show, all about real estate edition. Shining a light on the movers and shakers in the real estate industry. The home builders, developers, realtors, and suppliers making it all happen. And now, here are today's hosts. Good morning and welcome
1: back to the all about real estate edition. I am your host, Todd Schnick. Joined by my friend and colleague, Carol Morgan. Good morning, Carol. I'm looking forward to this conversation. A really important issue that we, uh, frankly, we ought to be talking a lot more about on this show. It's a
2: huge issue and it's an issue everywhere in Georgia. I mean, not just, you know, you think of Metro Atlanta of having, you know, a homeless population, but small cities like Rome, Georgia and Cartersville, Georgia, you know, have issues as well. So. Definitely worth exploring and, you know, finding ways to solve.
1: Well, we're going to have an important conversation today. Let's get to it. We're joined by Matt Elder. He's the director for the Home First Gwinnett Initiative. Matt, welcome to the show. Well, thank you guys for having me here today. The pleasure is ours, I assure you, Matt. Uh, Before we get into what's happening with that initiative, take a quick few seconds. Tell us a bit about you and your background. Sure.
3: So I am a native of Gwinnett County. I grew up there and graduated console High School out
1: in Suwannee, Georgia.
3: So for me, the work that we're doing with Home First is very much a personal and professional passion. It is my home today with my wife and my child, and I've worked for the better part of the last decade in Gwinnett on the issue of homelessness, working with the Gwinnett County Community Development Office, and also as the Executive Director at Family Promise of Gwinnett County, running, at the time, Gwinnett County's only homeless shelter. So Mm. I've worked with millions of dollars in federal grants that come in for nonprofit partners, but also on the ground with the individuals and families that we're trying to create a solution for with our initiative.
1: Outstanding.
2: Well, let's talk a little bit more about the initiative. Tell our listeners
3: what is Home First Gwinnett. Yeah, so Home First Gwinnett Initiative began in July 2018 when the Gwinnett County Board of Commissioners, the Primerica Foundation, and United Way of Greater Atlanta came together to form a collective partnership to really create this initiative. And the driver behind it was the fact that we needed to have a new response system to the issue of homelessness. We needed to have a new innovative, systematic, and coordinated approach to how are we going to connect people who are in need of housing, who are literally homeless, with the resources that we have available in our community. We have had Tremendous amount of support from the entire community as a whole, and that really started with the with Chairman Charlotte Nash and the Board of Commissioners. They not just supported in terms of the creation of it, but they put a million dollars behind it of county general fund money. Nice, which has added immediate legitimacy and credibility. We've had support of the Chamber of Commerce with with uh, CEO and President Nick Messino and partnership Gwinnett their Economic Development arm at the at the core, community improvement districts as well throughout all of Gwinnett. And then our nonprofit partners, starting with the Gwinnett Coalition, our community foundation out there in Gwinnett, and they're really driving towards what the solution looks like. And then at the last, last, but certainly not least, has been our churches. Mm-hmm. Both big and small churches come together to talk about how this is a solution and an issue that we need to be driving behind. And so for the first time really on the issue of homelessness in Gwinnett County, we have all four sectors, private, public, non-philanthropic, and faith-based. that are all agreed the issue is homelessness and are all speaking in one unified voice on the, ish, the solution being what Home First is really driving on. And- that level of synergy, that level of partnership is something that we certainly were driving for and we're charged with trying to do, but it's been an awe-inspiring and motivating factor in terms of what our community as Quinnette County can do
1: when we really focus and put our mind towards striving on single solutions. It's always encouraging when you have that kind of alignment with the private and public sector, because it doesn't always happen. And so that's a, (laughs) this is a serious issue. And so that's a, encouraging to hear that uh, there's good alignment there. I imagine some of that has to do with the work that you do with the working on the strategic plan that you're developing. Uh, I'm assuming that's an ever-evolving process. Walk us through how that uh, that's all going. Yeah, so it absolutely is an ever-evolving process, and what we're doing is we're bringing
3: together stakeholders from the provider field who are doing the work on the ground day to day, but also community stakeholders that have interest in a large and diverse offerings of all of Gwinnett to really talk about this issue and what we want to do over the course of the next three years from an action plan standpoint. You know, we know that for Home First, we're developing a system we're building out these assessment centers, but what else do we want to do as a community at large to really begin to go after this issue and really begin to look at it in all of its different facets because we know there's not, one, there's not a one-size-fits-all solution. There's not one entity or organization or person who's going to be able to solve this issue by itself. But as a community building on that partnership and that alignment we have, we really want to begin to develop this process and we should be able to have the new strategic plan done close to the end of this year and releasing it by the end of first quarter next year. Oh, that's
1: great news.
2: Yeah, I guess I'm just you're sitting here thinking and thinking about this partnership and everything you've put in place and really wondering if you think it can be duplicated. You know, can this model be duplicated in, you know, Cobb County or Bartow County and you know, is that something that you all would be working on in the future.
3: So our initiative is limited specifically to Gwinnett and what I'll say is that what we're doing in Gwinnett is very specific to our the issues and the solutions that we have available and resources in Gwinnett. But that doesn't mean that what we're doing is not duplicable. Our collective impact model, our collaboration and partnerships mm-hmm. is certainly applicable not just to some of the other metro areas around, but across the country potentially. And really it does begin with the idea and identification that homelessness, one, is an issue in this in, in whatever community you're talking about, and right. two, that you have those key drivers in all of those sectors who want to get behind and identify a single solution. You know, I have to, aside from the chairman and the commissioner's great leadership, on the ground along with me, uh, Pat McDonough, local attorney with Anderson Tate, Tate and Carr, has been a incredible person in terms of getting a lot of these community members from the private side. He's a vice chair with the Gwinnett Chamber on their board and really set up some of these meetings and bringing together this collective impact that has allowed that to happen. So to have that kind of a champion on the ground, Mm -hmm. along with my connections to the nonprofits and our Gwinnett Coalition, which is really a a mega nonprofit that convenes all the other uh, nonprofits together, has really allowed us to have an impact and an approach that uh, has allowed us to move forward quicker than anyone would have ever imagined in the last 14 months.
2: Phenomenal what you all have done. Well, I know you're working to implement a Gwinnett County Coordinated Entry System, which is a really long phrase that means what?
3: So Coordinated Entry is a federally mandated system that we're bringing into Gwinnett that basically, to put it simply, is providing a process by which to connect people who are in need of housing who are homeless with the providers and resources that are currently available in real time. So right now in Gwinnett and in many other communities across the country and across the southeast, this person becomes homeless and they'll call a resource line, a, for us it's a coalition helpline out in Gwinnett or United Way's 211, and they'll answer a couple questions and explain their issue and they'll get five, six, seven numbers to call. And they'll try and call those numbers and try and get help for whatever for their homeless issue. The problem with that system and what has made it ineffective or inefficient is that it puts the burden on the family of a person who is homeless to solve the issue for themselves. Right. What Coordinated Entry does is it provides a new system that is all goes through one process. So when a person becomes homeless in Gwinnett County, when we are able to open this up in the first part of next year, they'll come through our assessment center, through our assessment process, and we'll know at any given point in time of the day where every single bed is available in Gwinnett. And based on their ability to, their, based on their assessment score, which is, measures vulnerability, we'll know what level of intervention, so what kind of housing solution they really need to be in, and we'll know what, what's available or when it will become available, and we can place them in that bed directly through referral. So instead of calling five, six, seven different places to try and get help, you go through one, one. one common process, you call one place, and then we're able to do the search and placement part for you and take that burden off of you and off of, also off of our agencies who may be answering hundreds or thousands of calls a day when they have no ability to help because they don't currently have any beds available. So reducing the burden on both ends and really trying to create a more efficient and effective process through that way. Well, you yeah. mentioned these assessment centers earlier. Talk to us about what that's, how that works. So the Needs Assessment Center really was started with the mindset that we had to have a physical location to really house the system in. The system was kind of the genesis of our beginning. The assessment center was the first evolution from there. But we didn't just want to put provide an office space where people would come in, get an assessment, and then get kind of sent out. We really wanted create something that could create a community-based asset for the issue of homelessness. Across the country, we have dealt with the issue where homelessness and facilities have been looked at as community blights, or they've been dealt with nimbyisms, or not in my backyard. Right. Everybody wants to help home- homeless individuals, helps homeless families specifically, until it comes to conversation of putting a facility in their backyard. right? Then it's a different tone and a different mindset. So what we wanted to do was defeat that narrative before it could even start. So for us, for assessment centers, they do three basic things. They house the assessment center, or house the system. They provide shelter, because right now as we sit here in Gwinnett, there are no shelter beds available at any given time for, Gwinnett, for wow. homeless residents. And last but not least, they provide community-based services. So we'll look at every place where we put a facility at the local targeted geography and say, aside from the issue of homelessness, what is the other needs of this community? Mm-hmm. For our first assessment center, which will be off Jimmy Carter Boulevard in Norcross, it was access to affordable health care. So we're putting in primary mental health and substance abuse health care services for, through nonprofit partners there that are available not just to our clientele or our guests who will be staying in our shelter, but to the entire community at large who can come and use that as a community-based asset. And we think through this process and through this approach, we can really begin to change the way people think and talk about homeless facilities because it won't just be a shelter, it won't just be an assessment center. It will be a place where the entire community can potentially come to receive healthcare services, to connect and volunteer and be engaged with this community, and it can be a vibrant part of that entire neighborhood. It's a great solution.
0: Hi, I'm Ty Pennington and I know buying a home is a major investment. It's important to know the home you buy will be comfortable and energy efficient. That's exactly why Jackson EMC introduced the Right Choice Home program. These homes are built from the ground up by industry leading builders and guaranteed to provide both comfort and energy savings. Energy efficient homes, guaranteed. Ask your Jackson EMC representative for complete warranty terms and conditions. The other thing we've
2: talked a little bit about off-air is this Gwinnett homeless point-in-time count. How does that work? I mean, I'm assuming what you're trying to figure out is, you know, how many homeless people do we have on any one given day? But it seems like it would be a very elusive number.
3: It is a very elusive number. And I think the one thing to kind of make sure we're clear about with the homeless point-in-time count is that it is a one-night count. So on that given night, no matter where you're talking about across the country... This was the population on that given night. It is not intended to be an end-all, be-all population number. It's not a census. Right. For us, it's a... So the point-of-time count is a biannual count. So we do it every other January. We always do it in January. And for us, it was this past January on the week of the Super Bowl, which was the coldest week of the year as well. We oh, had that wow. winter vortex come in. Mm-hmm. But we had 150-plus volunteers over for every night of that week go out with us into the cold, into the sub-freezing temperatures, and go to encampments in the woods, go to our safe haven parking lots, go to our extended stay hotels and motels and conduct surveys of individuals and families that were living in some of our homeless and precariously housed situations and really bring back incredible numbers. We will be releasing the results of that count in the next month or so. So we're very excited about what those results will allow us to do because this was by far our most comprehensive count we've ever encountered from just a uh, planning standpoint. But we know that the preliminary results that we have seen and that we're excited to release to the public also show a new level of data information that we've never been able to collect before on that kind of population.
1: Well, it's important to get your hands around the, the real problem and understand what the real numbers are i mean one is too many yeah so you can't really figure out a plan until you know what the, the count is right you know so i mean how how extensive is this problem not only in, in gwinnett but across uh, metro atlanta and how do, i mean goodness i mean how, there are people who fall into homelessness because of economic hardship and frankly, there are those that have mental issues. I mean, so it's a you got to get a handle on that too. I suspect. So how comprehensive is this problem both uh, in Gwinnett and like through through metro and That's a great question, and I think one of the
3: important things to mention or talk about before you get to a number is there are different kinds of homelessness mm-hmm. that people think about. So the most common thought is what every kind of thinks so when we talk about homelessness is the person you know on a street corner or on an off ramp or exit ramp or sleeping outside in some kind of an encampment or a tent, and we certainly have that in Gwinnett. We also have the people who are sleeping in cars and safe haven parking lots who will spend the night in their car and, uh, you know, get up the next day and possibly go to work or go look for a job or something like that. And then in Gwinnett specifically and other suburban communities across, across the country, we have populations that we call precariously housed that are sleeping in these hotels and motels these extended days. And solutions that we would I think are meant for a couple of days a week, maybe two, maybe up to a month. That in the worst case scenarios are actually lasting for many, many years. Wow. Mm-hmm. And during our point in time count, when we surveyed some of these some of these hotels and motels, we found people who were living there for five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years.
2: Wow! There.
3: And what we talk about this is we call it the extended stay trap because. When you look at how much they're actually paying on a week-to-week basis to stay in these locations, it actually adds up to more than it would cost for the median monthly rent in, it in many of these communities. So they get into this place, they can save their short term, put a little money away because they've got a job, and at the end of the day, it just continues to add up and add up and add up, and they fall further and further behind. So they're trapped in those locations. And this is where a lot of our families and a lot of our kids are living. Uh, we have school bus stops for a public school system at some of these locations because of the amount of people who are living there, not wow. just temporarily, but permanently. I did not know this. Yeah. So we have a lot of those challenges to when we talk about the population as a number as a whole. And so for Home First Gwinnett and for myself especially, you know that entire population for me is homeless. That is lack of a permanent housing solution. Mm-hmm. So we have to look at that as, as a whole. So you know we get a lot of people who will ask about a number that is different because you have a HUD definition and education definition. Sure. And that's where the difference is. The people who are in extended states are doubled up versus right. those who are literal. And for us, it's really looking at that. So when you look at those two numbers kind of combined and looking at what we look at, you're going to have a population that's easily into the thousands of people one of the things that we have is even when we release the point in time count, as I said a little while ago, that's just a one-night snapshot. That's right. not a population count. But now, with our assessment centers and our coordinated entry system, we have the ability to take that snapshot, use it as a starting point, and really identify who's coming through these doors in need of services and begin to get a true census of the population and what it looks like as a whole, which can allow us to really identify and evolve our strategic plan beyond just the immediate three-year solutions to what does it look like five or 10 or 15 years, mm-hmm. What is Homelessness to housing to housing look like, and we need to be able to talk about it on that entire continuum. Otherwise, we're just solving a sh- we're just providing a short term solution for a very serious problem.
2: You know, when you talk about someone who's sleeping in their car and getting up and going to work, I feel like that we've got a lot of listeners that are like, "What?" Will you talk a little bit more about you know what percentage, if you know, of the homeless population is that, and you know, are they all in? you know, kind of those entry level, you know, minimum wage jobs, or is it, is it wider spread than that?
3: So, I mean, it really depends on what the scenario is per se. I mean, there's a significant percentage of the population that is sleeping in cars in different Mm -hmm. parking lots across the community. There's not a number that I can give you to assign to it. It's not a majority, but it is a significant minority percentage. And it is a lot of people who have jobs. 60 plus percent of the people that I've ever worked with who are homeless had employment of some kind. Some had multiple jobs. And they range from a minimum wage job to a maybe a ten or eleven dollar an hour job. Part of the issue with that is that you can afford the car payment, you can afford the insurance, you may be able to afford the gas, or you can afford the extended stay hotel motel pay, but you're not able to put enough money together to actually afford the application, the deposit, and the first and last month's rent for an apartment. Let alone the actual rental payment month to month because of how much it costs. I mean, the average monthly, medium monthly rent in Gwinnett is just over eleven hundred dollars a month. So we know that based on national studies from the National Low Income Housing Coalition that was released just earlier this year, that in order to afford a moderate two-bedroom apartment in Gwinnett County, which means you have to pay less than 30% of your gross monthly income, you need to make at least $21.27 an hour. Mm-hmm. That's the housing wage for Gwinnett. So people are making minimum wage up to $10, 11 $12 an hour, are not making enough money to really get into those permanent housing solutions. So a car, extended stays are very right. much those issues. Those are our working poor who we need to have better options for.
1: Mm -hmm. We're about out of time. Uh, Quick questions for those listening who say, well, what can I do? I mean, obviously, uh, root and support what you guys are doing, but is there anything that the public can do? Absolutely. We always talk about the idea that we need
3: volunteers and donors and supporters, and that's a huge part of that. And anybody who wants to do that can certainly go to our webpage and sign up to do those kind of options. But the biggest thing that you can do specific for the homeless issue is to be aware and educated on what the situation is in your local community and be willing to stand up and go to a public hearing and go to a meeting or to ask your local official about what they're doing to try and address the issue. What is their solution? What are we going to do? So when we see that homeless shelter that needs to be rezoned at this property that has been dilapidated or abandoned for years, or we see an affordable housing development that goes in, that we have enough people to stand behind us, mm-hmm. along with those that may not want it, to really begin to change the narrative and change what we talk and think about the issue. Because the worst thing we can do is when we go to Sunday lunch after church and we drive down the highway and we get off at the, at the off-ramp, when we see the homeless guy, and we don't correct the person we're sitting with, and they say, Why well, won't that person to just go get a job? When we know that more than half of the people that we're serving have jobs, it's not about a job. It's not about one bad decision or a couple bad decisions. It's about the fact that we have to have a process, a system, and a set of solutions in place to allow them to pick themselves back up and walk down that pathway to get back to permanent housing. Mm-hmm. Without that, without those kind of solutions, without those kind of pieces in place, we are exponentially making their situation worse when, we're all tr- when all we want is to try and make it
1: better. hmm. All right, good stuff, Matt. Before we let you go, should anyone need to connect with you or learn more about the Home First Gwinnett Initiative, uh, where do they go?
3: Yeah, so you can follow us on social media. We have Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Those are the best places to stay updated on what we're doing and how we're and what we're going to be doing next. Uh, anyone wants to connect with me personally about any questions I have or they want to learn more, can reach out to me via email at m elder at unitedwayatlanta dot Or they can call me at my office at 404-527-8819. I'd be happy to connect with anybody who has any questions or just wants to learn a little bit more about what we're doing in Gwinnett and what the homeless situation looks like.
1: Matt Elder, the director for the Home First Gwinnett Initiative. Matt, thanks for joining us today and appreciate your important work.
3: No, thank you guys so much for the opportunity.
1: Our pleasure. All right. Well, that wraps this week's All About Real Estate Edition. On behalf of my co-host, Carol Morgan, I am Todd Schneck. It's all the time we have for today.
0: Thank you for listening and we'll look forward to seeing you again right here tomorrow. We'll see you then. Today's episode was made possible by Denim Marketing, the publisher of Atlanta Real Estate Forum, Atlanta's favorite real estate blog, and source for real estate news, trends, new home communities, model homes, builders, and more. Denim Marketing is a comfortable fit, like your favorite pair of jeans. Denim Marketing tailors marketing strategies to meet your specific needs and niche. Try them on for size. They will work to create a perfect fit for your company's marketing program. Call them at 770-383-3360 or send an email to info at denimmarketing.com. For more information on Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio or to inquire about being a guest, contact info at Atlanta Real Estate Forum.com. Check out the radio show by visiting com or by listening to the show on your podcast or iTunes app. And if you enjoyed today's broadcast, we'd sure appreciate a rating and review on iTunes. Thank you again for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Atlanta Real Estate Forum radio show.